This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph. They know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, as we said on Monday, Combine Week. We are now in the thick of it. Day one, officially in the books. Lot of impressive performance that took place yesterday. As it stands right now, we are T minus 30 minutes from day two with the DBs kicking off on their day to run all of the drills at the NFL Combine. So we wanted to take this opportunity, make sure we were getting it in to kind of recap some of the big name performances. Again, a lot of impressive numbers that took place yesterday. A lot of these players also could be potential good fits for the Chargers, whether we're talking at 21 or later in the draft, but a very, very good way to kick off day one of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, Dan Wolkenstein, first off, before we get into this, how are you? I know you're just about ready to hop on a plane um, for a little bit of vacation, So, but we wanted to talk about this before you uh, you're away from us for a little while. Yes, uh, I got Aloha on my mind, but honestly, I can't wait to talk about this too. Um, Holy Nolan Smith, by the way, which we're going to get into some of the the risers and followers, if you will. But uh, Jake, yesterday we saw, what were they? Defensive linemen, edge linebackers, and some of the numbers coming out are just stupid. And I mean, we're talking like best ever stupid in some regards. So uh, it's... Pretty remarkable. I can't wait to see what happens today. Also, of course, what happens tomorrow with all the skill positions and quarterback stuff. But yeah, I'm doing great, honestly. Uh, I know this is like your Christmas time. Feels like it, baby. Feels like it. (laughs) Christmas time's the NFL draft. This could probably be more designated as like Hanukkah, where it's because you have multiple days of it. So, Ah. And and it's all good gifts that that are happening thus far. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, over under how many times did it take you to pronounce the Northwestern defensive lineman's name? I'm going to go over under six and a half times. It was probably over. <laughs> I I will not lie. I have been pronouncing Atatomiwa Atabare since yesterday, and I watched Peter Schrager struggle. To, to name it. And he said that he wouldn't even do it because he didn't want to butcher the name. But I think Charles Davis had to defer and basically spell the name for him. Uh, but wow. I mean, you talk about one of the standout performances yesterday from him. He set the tone as he was the first one to start running the 40. And he put people on notice. And the best part was the first time he ran, it wasn't even his official time. His official time was even faster when we found out later in the day. <laughs> so uh, apparently this episode is brought to you by Anatomiwa Adaborare. <laughs> I, I, maybe I butchered it. Uh, Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Online real quick. 
Yeah, so we want to remind you all that uh, Bet Online is always the place where you're going to find your latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and grab uh, game trends, not grab trends, game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaway all season long. Head on over to betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Jake, I think we should just start off at the top. Like, I did a mock draft a couple days ago, and I haven't done many. I did a mock draft the other day, and it was honestly, it was one of the best mock drafts I've ever done. <laughs> Realistic, not so much, but no. one of the best ones. I got Nolan Smith at 21, was through the roof. Got a hard time believing Nolan Smith is going to be available at 21 after what he did at the Combine. Holy hell. (laughs) You know what? When I was watching this, and then, of course, you know, we're getting before the 40 even takes place, you're getting the updates on what he did in the broad, what he does in the vertical. The first one to drop was his vertical numbers at 41 and a half. And when they eventually showed the video of it, you're just like, are you kidding me? If If you're listening or watching this right now, like stand up. And look at what 41 inches looks like on you. Like that goes up to like what your hip at least. And you try jumping forward. Like I can't jump 41 inches on a trampoline. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way. Uh, it, it was just insane to watch that. And then as you're gearing up to watch him for the 40, they're basically saying, keep an eye on him, keep an eye on him. And then he goes out and he runs and it's a four, four. And you're just like, Oh my God. And then you see him frustrated about 10 minutes afterwards. He's on the phone with who knows who knows what. Maybe it was some of his trainer, maybe people in his camp. And he throws the phone down in frustration. And people are asking him afterwards, like, what were you so frustrated about? He's like, I expected to run in the four threes. I, I was only and I wasn't running as fast as I could. And then you come to find out later that his his official time is even shorter than that. And it's a four three nine that he ended up running. That's Jalen Guyton speed, by the way. That as an edge player. For context, that is faster than Saquon Barkley. That was faster than Christian McCaffrey ran in their 40-yard dashes. And we are talking about a 6'2", 238-pound individual that ran that fast. And here is the here is the great thing and almost the unfortunate thing, Dan, because I remember a few moons ago when a guy named Von Miller was coming out for the draft and this was around December, and the mock drafts were being reported and starting to be kind of projected as far as who could go. And the Chargers were in the teens this year, I believe it. I want to say it was around like 14, 15, somewhere around there. And a lot of the mock draft projections had Vaughn Miller going to the Chargers. If you remember the combine that Vaughn Miller had that year, that immediately skyrocketed him to where he landed at number two overall for the entire draft. This is an exact reminder of that to me with Nolan Smith, because Nolan Smith, as of right now, was projected in some mock drafts to be taken between 20 and 30. Some people had him as an easy top, uh, top 20 player in their rankings. Dan, it would not shock me if this performance puts him in the top 10. So unfortunately for us Chargers fans who were hoping that he would be an option at 21, 
I hate to break it to you, but I don't think that that is no longer going to be the case. I had people telling me Nolan Smith at 21 was a reach. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden now I'm like, ha, joke's on you. <laughs> I mean, it just it goes to show you again how crazy this edge class is. And Daniel Jeremiah having so many edge rushers just in his top 50 alone. This is one of the reasons for it. And you just talk about a guy who really helped elevated his elevate his draft stock. Dan, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me in the least if he ends up being the third, the third yeah. edge edge player off the board. Yeah, it's a uh, it's remarkable. And for someone to be able to do a forty one inch vertical, run a four three nine, and play defensive edge, like just imagine that, like in pursuit of the opposing offense like whether it's going after the quarterback whether it's in the flats like that that's a tool and so like look are we getting a little bit over our skis here on nolan smith sure but like this goes to show kind of what the Chargers are looking for and i think peeling back a little bit um i do think edge 21 is very much in play you know people talk about receiver people talk about tight end you know the i was listening to a podcast recently and they brought up the idea of like essentially going for draft picks at a time when like, if you're picking the first round, like you should probably go for the ones if you can, that are going to cost you a ton of money in a free agency. Because like in a team like the chargers where you don't really have much cap space, that's the time to go get a star edge rusher, not pay $30 million a year in free agency for one, i.e. like what Joey Bosa is going to be getting this year or Khalil Mack. So if you're going to look for one, Probably better off doing it in the first round when you can get them from cheap versus, or I should say first, second, third round versus having to go out and get one on free agency. That isn't going to be cheap. So receiver, tight end, wide receiver, I would probably put tight end and edge is probably the two front runners for me at this point at the first round pick. But I mean, look, I guess from a from an edge perspective in your eyes, I mean, you saw a lot of this yesterday, Jake. Like what were some of the highlights other than Holy Nolan Smith? I think just when you look at the rest of the guys that did test yesterday, obviously some of the premier guys, um, you know, outside of Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, they were not running. They're saving a lot of their drills for the 40. It's funny for Nolan Smith. He literally just came and said on the field that he was going to do the vert, do the broad and do the 40. And that the rest is he was going to do it as pro day. Yep. And he really, and honestly, he didn't need to do a damn thing. <laughs> yesterday in Indy other than those three he came he saw he conquered I mean yep. it was that good of a performance but you look at a couple of the other guys that I know and I know that we haven't gotten a chance to you know go through our our favorite edge players and and eventually we will do that but this will add a lot much more context into it Will McDonald Dan who was fighting actually an illness I had 104 temperature had 104 temperature I believe it was on Tuesday Still came out and did a lot of drills. Still was able to jump an 11-foot broad jump, which was great. 36 in the vert. Um, just from his skill set alone, I think he's just an athletic freak. Uh, he was. It's, and, it, and it's unfortunate that he got a temperature because he was expected to test really, really well at the combine. So I wish we could have seen the full uh, run of drills from him. But he's got position versatility. Uh, Iowa played him inside at a five tech, outside as a pass rusher. And honestly, versatility, if you've been paying attention to a lot of the Chargers drafts in history, they love guys who can play multiple spots. And in a position group that needs both an edge rusher and you need a little bit of depth 
at the interior defensive line position, this could be a great fit for you with Will McDonald here. And imagine him coming off the edge behind Joey Bosa, behind Cleo Mack, but also adding some nice depth with a group of Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, um, and uh, Braden Fajoko as as your four. That wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be such a bad combination that you have there, and a little bit more position flexibility. Yeah, it's a rotation that you're looking for, kind of getting keeping guys fresh. And, and for everyone that talks about why do you need to get an edge player when we have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? Well, when you have both, it's great. When you have one, you saw what happened last year. Like it, it's a different it's a different movie <laughs> when both are out there versus one. Yes. And so when you have a drop off that drastic, that's what you're looking to keep from happening. And so if you can get someone that can kind of merge that gap, if you will, uh, that's what you're looking for. Oh, there's a lot of guys that were balling out in terms of athleticism yesterday. Like Andre Carter, for weirdly enough, for as huge as he is, he didn't really test that great. And I was kind of surprised. He's almost like six seven, looks like a tight end. But his numbers weren't that great. But then you look at a guy like, I don't know, Byron Young runs a four four eight. You're watching the Adatomi Adabuare, which is kind of was kind of my guy from the beginning. Dude, I, was, I would say speak on it, man. I mean for what for what he was able to do at his size 6'2", 283, ran a (laughs) 4.49. And, like, just to put that in context, Jake, like, you and I were talking offline the other day, like, look at some of the receivers. Like, I think Jordan Addison, for example, I think he's 6'1", so he's an inch shorter than him, and is, like, literally over 100 pounds lighter. 6'1", 180-ish, versus 6'2", 283. He's running a 4.49. Like what? It's crazy. It's and he, crazy. And, he, and he's a run defender. I love would love to see him as a charger uh, set the edge. I think he does a really good job of again not the biggest pass rushing repertoire, but I think for what the Chargers need, he'd fit well. Yeah, another one of my favorites, Dan. And I've seen this. I've seen this guy mocked to the Chargers in a few mock drafts at twenty one. But Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Yep. Six five two seventy two ran a four six four yesterday. And it's crazy just from the standpoint that you think that he wasn't even the full-time rusher <laughs> for this team and, and how they ended up utilizing him. He just has freakish athletic power. So seven sacks this past year in 2022 has some very impressive tape against Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson tackles one and two in this draft. I mean, he just, blows through them. I believe it's Skaronsky that on the on the clip that he just puts him on his ass. And when you see that, that's going to grab some attention. He's got great burst off the snap, just natural athleticism. Um, I think if you are going to keep him as your pass rush specialist just in year one as a rookie and putting him behind the likes of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, I think that that could add some Great, great pass rush power for you at 21. Dan, another one or a couple other guys that I was looking at coming into this one was Derek Hall out of Auburn. I, I really, him. I really liked his measurables. He is your quintessential third down pass rusher. I really liked how he tested. Um, uh, it was in the hoop drill, showed his bend really well. Uh, even just going through some of the four bag drills, he looked really good. Another one, Tuli tu- uh, Tupa. Tuli. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> Tuli Tupelotu out of USC, the Ezra out of there. Like six, th- six three, two sixty six, 
13 and a half sacks in, in two, uh, 20, 2022. Um, or no, excuse me, 13 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for a loss in 2022. Um, he does not move like he is close to 300 pounds when you're watching his tape. Uh, and he's position versatile, can play inside, can play outside. Another one of these versatile type guys. I don't think that you start talking about him at 21. But as a possible round two guy, if he's still on the board for the Chargers, I think that could definitely be a possibility. Isaiah Foskey, Dan, another guy that I know that you're very yeah. high on. And hey, he's from Notre Dame. So shocker. We know the history with Tom Telesco and picking people from the Irish. Uh, 6'5, 264, ran a 464 there. He was another guy that I thought really showed out in the, the bag drills, the lateral movement. He showed that really well. Um, Deion White's another one. Deion, yeah, Keon White is another one, which, you know, from a standpoint of, of film, and, a, and a, I've seen a, a couple people actually a little bit mixed on this. I know DJ has him very high in his mock drafts as far as where he projects him to go. He still is has that, like, raw athleticism. He's not necessarily your most polished pass rusher as of yet, but I think, again, his, his scheme versatility, his ability to play three and five technique, Inside, outside, and and it may not be the most consistent film you see out there, but because of those values, that's what's going to elevate his draft stock a little bit. Um, And then you mentioned it, Dan Byron Young, out of Tennessee. I think he kind of just went under, or excuse me, um, yeah, because I I keep forgetting there's two Byron Youngs in this draft: (laughs) one from Alabama, one from Tennessee. I just wanted to make sure I was talking about the right one. Uh, that was another one that I thought tested really, really well. So there were a handful of guys here, Dan. Uh, and I know we're probably going to get to a chance to go into it more in depth as we get closer to our yeah. overall edge rankings. Again, what took place yesterday is going to add a lot of context, but very, very impressive day one from the edge class. Uh, Dan, let's move over to, over to the defensive tackles and talk about some of these guys. And I know that it may not be one of the top priorities as it relates to the Chargers list in general, but I would assume at some point you still look to add to reinforce that defensive line. Kalijah Cansey. <laughs> Big man, man moving. Big oh, man moving. Man. I mean, uh, the initial thought was that he ran, I believe his first run unofficial time was a four seven eight. And mind you, we're talking about same guy out of Aaron Donald's alma mater, two pit guys, and they adjust the unofficial time to official that, oh no, he actually ran a 4.67, which not only was faster than Aaron Donald when he came out in the combine, but that is the fastest com- or that is the fastest 40 ran by a defensive lineman since 2003. 20 years. That is insane. It was wild to me, Jake, just seeing some of the sheer girth <laughs> that is out on the field. There was a lot of girth running. A lot of girth running. Coastal Carolina, Jerron Clark, 6'4", 334. Keandre Cobham, 6'2", 332 out of Texas. Like, there's just some big guys. Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, 6'3", 335. I was hoping to arms. see him. Yeah, I was hoping to see him perform. They did get a chance to interview him because he was down on the field. And they were basically, as he was saying, you know, I'm going to wait until my pro day. But he basically said, but I have to kill it, is what he said when he was talking about his testing. Um, Dan, Brian, Brian Brise out of Clemson. I was so happy to see this because if anybody has been following what had took place with him 
this past season. Obviously, he was battling some personal issues that he was going through from a health standpoint, from a family standpoint. Um, and just to basically just kind of see him back out there and test the way he did. 6'5", 298, ran a 4.93 with a 1.71 split. I, I mean, he looked he looked like the Brian Brise that you probably expected to see in 2022 with those type of numbers. So I really hope for his sake that those numbers are the first step in elevating his draft stock and getting him solidified as one of the top defensive tackles that end up being taken on either day one or day two. Dan, one of my favorites, actually, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina tested fantastically. He had a great day. 4.96 in the 40, 1.75 split, a 30.5 in the vert. I just love the film I see on him. And when you look at his fluidity and the way that he moved the rest of the day, whether it was through the four bag drills or the hoop drills that they ended up putting him through, at a guy that size, he is just surprisingly nimble. Yep. And I think that he's another one of these versatile type of defensive lineman that you could put there. Obviously, is it is it a full polished product? No, but if you're talking about someone who's going to be more of a depth piece that could eventually rise to be a starter, I really liked what I saw out of Zach Pickens yesterday. I haven't seen his film yet. I'm going to uh, when it get to that position group. I'm kind of trying to keep things fresh as I go, but look good out there on the field yesterday. Um, Interestingly enough, I mean, realistically, Chargers probably go for interior defensive line. I would imagine day three is my guess, unless there's someone that falls that is just too good to pass up in day two. Um, so day three is probably where you're looking at for that. Again, like you saw what happened to the interior defensive line last year. We have no idea what's going to happen with some of the guys that are free agents. We don't know about Christian Cummington, Morgan Fox. We don't know about, obviously, Jerry Tillery's gone. Tito's coming back from injury. Like, You've got the Austin Johnsons, you've got the Sebastian Joseph Day, and you got Braden Mahoko. But that's assuming they're all healthy. So uh, you're going to see them probably go after them that position of the draft. Uh, Jake, linebacker was also on display. <sighs> wow. And of course, this... The linebacker, touchy, subject, touchy subject for Chargers fans right now. It is, because nobody knows as of right now on whether or not Drew Tranquil is coming back. Obviously, it should be the Chargers' first priority for their in-house free agents to bring him and both Trey Pipkins back. Who's more important? Real quick. It's an interesting question, but I would have to say Drew Tranquil is. And it's because of who you have in that linebacker group right now. Oof, yeah, There is a lot of question marks outside of Drew Tranquil. And you already let Kaiser White walk out the door last year. So you have Drew Tranquil. And of course, he plays out of his mind. And his, his leadership, his prowess, his impact to the team has been lauded by so many people that know about how he plays with this team. Whether Instinct, it's, communication. Well, yeah, whether it's God. us watching it, whether... I, we know we've had Matt Money Smith talk so highly about him uh, on this show. And it's just hard to believe that if they walked away from Drew Tranquil and were not able to get something done. I understand from a financial standpoint, the, Chargers are, the Chargers are tight in their cap space. They do and he, did, and he earned himself a damn good contract. Definitely did, 100%. But it's hard for me to think that them looking at that roster... And I know that Brandon Staley necessarily doesn't 
let's Quote just say unquote, value. value the <laughs> the linebacker position. But in this particular case, you'd have to kind of buck that trend and say, you know what? Let's make an exception because the rest of the people in that linebacker group are nothing but question marks at this point. And I don't know if you can risk letting a player like Drew Tranquil walk, but on the off chance that you do, or if you're looking to add a little bit more depth to the linebacker group, Dan, it's funny. Jack Campbell, let's just say hypothetically, if the Chargers ended up letting Drew Tranquil walk, Jack Campbell would be basically the best possible replacement, in my opinion. There's a few others, Trent Simpson, Drew Sanders, but Jack Campbell, to me, I see a lot of Drew Tranquil in him already for what he did at Iowa. Uh, I just think he has the leadership capability. His read and react is already at the pro type level. And you watch him move out there in the drills yesterday. It just seemed so effortless for him. Um, I know I had mentioned Trenton Simpson, uh, Drew Sanders were other two, but I don't think that they will be on the board when it comes to when the Chargers end up picking, not necessarily in the first round, but even rounds later if the Chargers have to address it. Um, who are some other ones? DeMarvin Overshot, I thought, had a good combine yesterday as well. Dorian Williams out of Tulane. He's another one that the, I have seen mocked to the Chargers in the later rounds, specifically starting around round three, I've seen from them. I thought he had a really good day. D. Winters, another one out of TCU, had another good day. Did you see I, Noah? Did you see Noah Sewell? Did you, how did he look? I did. I did. You know, uh, as far as the as far as the forty goes, you know, it didn't run the fastest forty, but when you saw him in the agility drills, he looked really, really good. And I know a lot of people. Obviously, you make those type of connections. Him being the brother to Penny Sewell, um, I, I thought he looked very athletic, and I thought it, I think that he would be a nice addition, even as a even if it means as a depth piece. And we're talking a scenario here in which Drew Tranker would, would return. I would love to see the Chargers target him. Dan Ivan Pace Jr. I'm not sure if you've gotten a chance to watch his tape yet. No, not yet. But but he is the very definition of what is it? Mass times force equals acceleration. I mean, he just likes to hit people. He just likes to hit people. And him coming out yesterday, running the drills, looked great. Your old school type of physical linebacker capable of shooting the gap. Again, just getting his hands dirty. That's what you want to see from some guy like that in the middle. And then Dan, probably one of the more underrated prospects that had not been talked enough, but after yesterday needs to be talked about more, Auburn linebacker Owen Papo. 4-5 in the combine. Looked extremely, extremely smooth through the drills yesterday. Uh, if you have not gotten a chance to watch his film, Please do. I, I think that he is, and a lot of people have said that he is one of the more underrated prospects in the draft. And when you watch his film, you start thinking the exact same thing. Like, why is this kid not getting more notoriety when he really, really needs it? Um, but again, very impressive group from the linebacker standpoint. I mean, it was a great way to start off day one between edge defensive tackle and the linebackers. And you can only hope that it's just going to get better from here because we're just a few minutes out from watching the defensive backs run the forty. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of them saw the Noah Smith times and were saying, "Okay, someone needs to hold my beer. Let's go out and do this." <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. Again, lots of guys that are going to be on the board possible for the Chargers for round one, two, and three 
both today and tomorrow, uh, obviously. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled. You know, we'll have some obvious uh, recaps of day two and day three as we go. I may or may not be able to do a quick Chargers Unleashed podcast episode from the beaches of Hawaii. We'll see how it goes. But uh, Jake, if you do, Dan, please do it like from the balcony. Whether it's from the balcony or whether you say, you know, I'm I want scenery for this Chargers Unleashed episode. And regardless of whether or not it's windy, please bring your headphones just so we could see and be jealous of the scenery that is behind you. Fair. Okay. Deal. I'll make it happen. Sounds uh, good. Jake, Combine, day two. Let's get after it. I'm sure Twitter will be active here in a few minutes with watching some <laughs> of these guys run these drills. A lot of good corners to watch today. Yes. For Jake Hefter, Daniel Olgenstein, Chargers Unleashed, LA Football Network. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.